1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a huge night of Premiership action. Celtic host St Mirren looking to build on their position at the top amidst that ongoing dispute with the Green Brigade. Philippe Clement's first away league game in charge of Rangers takes him to rain-soaked Dundee, but it is game on. And managerless St Johnston take on Kilmarnock while Barry Robson and Stephen Naismith could be doing with wins against Motherwell and Livingston respectively. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Charlie Mulgrew and Hugh Evans. Well there was a shift in the balance of power at the weekend at the top of the Premiership table. Celtic's seven point lead became five. Now could there be another shift tonight because there are some very interesting matches. St Mirren go to Celtic Park deserved of their third place in the league table. One of the form teams in a Premiership where form fluctuates dramatically and Dundee who host Rangers have only lost one of their last eight games So Charlie a bit of room for manoeuvre tonight Yeah some massive massive games there When you look at St Johnson Kilmarnock Huge game at the bottom of the league um, For St Johnson to pick up points Celtic again Not an easy game against St Mern St Mern has proved they can be a difficult team To play against this year And Rangers away to Dundee is a, is a massive game Then you look at Hearts Hearts Livingston um, them and Aberdeen both need a result as well. So, a great a great fixture list tonight. Love these midweeks. Plenty of talking points. We had a game last night in the top flight. The championship was in full flow. Uh, and massive games tonight in the top flight as well. So, 01419511025. What are you thinking? I always like to hear from fans going to games. I say it every week because I mean it. Are you heading along tonight? Are you on your way to Celtic Park? Are you on your way up to Dundee, Fir Park, wherever else you may be headed? Why not give us a call? Let us share the journey. You're probably stuck in traffic in this rain. So get the old hands free on and give us a call. If we're talking about the specific on-the-field issues, Celtic fans, who takes Rio Hatati's place? Are you sticking with Paolo Bernardo? Have you thought of something else? Can you see other areas of the squad that you would like rotated Rangers fans? Is it time now to give Cyril Dessers a rest from the beginning and bring in Danilo is Sam Lammers maybe nearing the stage he needs a rest out of the starting 11? Are there other players you think could come in and make an impact? If so, who are they? Give us a call. And the same goes for those other games as well. We're look, liking the looks of Fir Park and Tynecastle and, of course, St Johnston looking for a manager as well. Of course, there's that added storyline, if you like, at Celtic Park tonight with a, a ban from Celtic handed to the Green Brigade section of the stadium. So if you have any thoughts there, you can share them as well on the same number or on Twitter. So give us a call right now. Whilst you're getting in touch, let's whet your appetite. Let's set up some of the big games tonight, starting at Celtic Park. Let's hear what's going on there with Andrew McLean. Yeah, first against third tier, which I think will be music to the ears of both sets of fans. Celtic obviously continuing that unbeaten start to the Premiership season at the weekend with that draw against Hibs. But Brendan Rodgers said that the tempo wasn't quite there for a lot of the game. Neither was the quality in the final third. They were miles off what they'd shown a week ago tonight in that game against Atletico Madrid, where they were fantastic. So they'll be looking to pick up that tempo tonight and try and trouble St Mirren. Some selection points of interest as well. You touched on Paolo Bernardo. Does he keep his place? 
in for the injured Rio Hitati, or does Brendan Rodgers try someone else? Alistair Johnson as well, he's been training since he took that real sore one to the face at the weekend. will be interesting to see if he starts this game as well. As for St Mirren, well, that 4-0 win against St Johnson at the weekend, that was our biggest top flight win since they beat Celtic by the same scoreline almost 13 years ago so they're on a real high, striker Biko Mandron talking in the build up to this one he thinks organisation will be the key if they want to get something tonight, he'll be hoping to play the Curtis main role who got a brace here in the last meeting between the clubs, that was that 2 all draw in May and as you mentioned as well some off the field talking points as well as we all know Celtic have suspended the season tickets of the members of the Green Brigade until further notice in their statement they cited repeated incidents of unacceptable conduct, the fans group they've responded today by saying they believe the ban has come as a result of their support for Palestine, that will certainly rumble on that one, it'll be interesting to see the impact it has on the game tonight though there's no doubt that that section of the home support are the loudest on any match day at Celtic Park. So interesting to see what the, the atmosphere at the game will be like tonight on what is a, a horrendous night here at Celtic Park. The rain swirling around the stadium at the moment as well. Still a wee while away from team news as well. I'll bring you that as soon as I get it. Yeah, I was thinking that a couple of weeks ago. We asked you, Charlie, if you were missing playing and you said not at all. So I'm going to guess that you're not going to miss wet, windy nights uh, in November. Be, Absolutely not. Did you ever think you would rather sit next to Hugh Evans on a Wednesday night than go out and play in front of 60,000? No, but I'm just looking at them now and I'm thankful to be here. Um, <laughs> that rain out there, I, I don't mind the rain, it was the wind. I hated playing the wind, especially like away games. Celtic Park kind of protected you a wee bit, or big stadiums protected you if you were like away games to Dundee or something like that. The corners are quite empty and the wind comes in and the, the game can be horrible. See, who knew? There's something reassuring about yeah. spending these dark winter nights in your company. Is he, I'm old enough to be his granddad. That's why he's comfortable <laughs> in my presence. Like, it feels like a sort of warm encouragement yeah. for me, that sort of granddad. Why were you trying to send my knee in? Is closer with that chair? I was just thinking when Andrew said it was 13 years since uh, St Mirren beat Celtic. I also had a quick look to see if he was involved that night, but he wasn't, it so was we'll let him off Tony the Tony Mowbray. And by the time the Celtic bus had made the journey from Paisley to Celtic Park, they were outside with a banner saying Mowbray out, and the following day, he was. There we go, right, what about Dundee then? It's game on, last we heard, Gabriel, same, I assume, no change up there. Yes, Gordon, game is most certainly on. Uh, the pitch has made it throw, although it is sodden in parts, especially around the goal mouth. It'll be interesting to see what happens when kickoff comes. But as you said earlier, it's Philippe Clement's first domestic away game as Rangers manager. His first taste of life on the road in the Scottish Premiership. And what should he expect? Well, as I said, it's a classic cold, wet and dark night here at Dens. The pitch is sodden, the fans will be up for it, and you bet Tony Doherty's side will be as well. Now, Clement's first two weeks have not been without their problems. They were poor for the majority of the weekend's game against Hearts. They required two late goals to win it. And he said yesterday that the injury crisis is a puzzle. It's the worst one he's ever seen. And Nico Raskin and John Suter are the latest players to join that injury list. They miss out today. But it has been a strong start for Clement, on paper at least, and he'll hope to build on that this evening. Perhaps we could see a first start in two months for Danilo. He returned from that facial injury. Uh, it kept him out for two months. He scored the winner on Sunday, of course, a great header. Uh, Kieran Dowell and Jose Cifuentes could also play. They've been out for a while too. Rangers know they've got to win tonight. Keep the pressure on Celtic. Keep the gap at no more 
than five points. But they face a Dundee side who've not lost at home since February. And they've made a great start to life in the top flight. They sit fifth and they're unbeaten in their last four. Tony Doherty will hope to take his first big scalp as a manager this evening. Now, the last time Rangers were up here, Aaron Ramsey scored a late equaliser before a Connor Goldson winner. That was for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst before the Europa League final. How much has changed since then? Seen a manager come and go, whilst Dundee have gone down and come back up again. It'll be really interesting when kickoff comes. I'll bring you team news first, though. That'll be in around half an hour. Can't believe Gabriel just used Aaron Ramsey and Europa League final in the same <laughs> sentence as shudders ring out across one half, certainly, uh, of Glasgow. But anyway, what are you thinking tonight? 01419511025. Massive games in the Premiership. Big stories elsewhere. It should be a lively one on the phone. So let's get stuck in with Peter, who is in Paisley. How are you tonight, Peter? I'm all right, Gordon. How are yourself? Can't complain. Cannot complain at all. What are you thinking then with your Celtic fan? What's what's going in, into your thought uh, process ahead of this one? I've got a wee point for Charlie on the show. How are you doing, Charlie? Hi, Peter. Hello. Um, I'm just wanting to know, see, because um, Giamakis is away, and when we played Madrid in the midweek game in the Champions League, and we didn't bring on... Hof, um I'm just wanting to know do you think if Brendan Rodgers was there before Giamakis left do you think he would still be there and do you think he would be ahead of Ho who I think isn't good enough to wear the jersey and another wee quick thing and all James Forrest I love the guy I love what he's done for the club but he's just I think he's just run out of, run out of legs I think it's time for him to move on Celtic's so attack very much in the, the spotlight what do you think yeah. of O and the, the question Peter asked? Okay, so against Atletico, my opinion was at that point in time he was looking for pace up front. Um, it was it was Atletico were having a bit of the ball and he was looking for a bit of pace. Then he put James on, I think, when they had 10 men. And, and I think it says a lot about O, to be honest with you. I think if Jackie Marcus was there, Jackie Marcus would definitely come on the pitch. Whether he would have been there if Rodgers had been the manager or not is really hard to tell because we don't know how strongly he wanted to leave and we do know it's clear that when you, you show any hint of not wanting to be there under Ange Postacoglu, he doesn't stand in anybody's way, doesn't even come close to standing in anybody's way. If you don't want to be there, you're gone. So whether Brendan Rodgers would have had better man management skills or better persuasion skills to, to keep Jackie Marcus at the club or a, a assure him that he would get a lot more game time, nobody knows. But what, what we definitely know is he's... he's He's missing at Celtic. They'll probably be looking at January for for a new striker, definitely, because Kyogo can't do it all himself. And I think that you're seeing James Forrest and, and Mikey Johnson coming up up front. You know that they probably are because that's not their most comfortable position. I think they are. Look, they, they will be looking for a striker. The drop between Kyogo Furuhashi and O is too great. He's raw. I agree with. Peter on the line I don't think he's up to playing for Celtic and they should have bought in the summertime window someone who filled that gap between Kyogo and O and they will do in the January window because it's necessary I think we've seen enough of O to know that for sure and I accept there's a counter argument there which says well maybe there's a reason we, we haven't seen more of him which I you know again accept that because yeah. Brendan Rodgers sees him and so on you think, you know, have we seen enough to make that? It's difficult for, for the likes of O, in my opinion, because he's more of a target man, strong type of striker, and Celtic don't play that way. I mean, you could argue... I suppose so with Jackie Marcus. You, you yeah. could argue Jackie Marcus is, is like that as well. 
but he seemed to have more ability, more instincts to score goals. Uh, recently, a chance fell to Owen. He had a couple of goals at it against Hearts and just didn't look like a natural finisher that gets in the right areas, whereas Jackie Marcus was a finisher and he would come on and score goals and make a difference and push to get a start, whereas O doesn't seem to be close to, to getting a start at all. If you don't look like a natural finisher, then chances are you're not a natural finisher. Uh, uh, but anyway, I am certain that in two months' time when the window opens, the first thing that Brendan Rodgers will do will be to go after someone who can back up Kyogo, can take the place of Kyogo, and I'm afraid O can do neither of those things. What was the, the script? Elaborate with this opinion on, on James Forrest, Peter, because a lot of people obviously said that at the weekend, you know, should we, uh, and on last uh, midweek, you know, we still turning to James Forrest in 2023, that was the type of phrase, but I, I wonder if that stuff, you know, has maybe been held against him a bit. Was he any worse than anyone else at the weekend? Did he not actually look quite bright when he came on? Well, he had, I know he had a chance to hit the bar and all that, but I just feel as though when it was a huge head Hull it just isn't getting a look in James Forrest you would think Hull would come on but every time Hull comes on he's a liability he gets booked for staff challenges at certain areas of the field of the park it's just crazy and I just think Forrest just needs to go Mikey Johnson is another one I think he's done I think he's done at Celtic and I just think we need a massive clear and I need to see a, a decent a decent striker to back up for Kyogo because if Kyogo was to play in Celtic when they be four points or whatever is ahead of Rangers in but Brendan Rodgers has gone public this week and said that there will have to be comings and goings well and more goings than, yeah, than comings exactly yeah. yeah squad's too too heavy uh, but he also went out of his way to talk about James Forrest and his level of fitness and how fast he is etc etc and I took that to be boost for James Forrest not that he needs one he's been a mega player for Celtic and has the, the medals to prove it but I don't think you, you just throw him under the bus like that he, he ought to have won the game for Celtic at Easter Road he was in a great position he hit the bar rather than scored unfortunate that happens but Brendan Rodgers is not of a mind to as Peter said move him on He's going to be there and he's on a fairly lengthy contract as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm quite nosy. I love all that stuff about testing and who's the quickest and all that. And Brendan Rodgers did say he was up, he's the quickest winger yeah. in terms of a one-off sprint. He's up there with Maeda, he said. Maybe not able to do it as repeatedly yeah. as Maeda does. Um, I mean, you've played with James yeah. Forrest. What do you make of the, his role now and, and how some of the Celtic fans are seeing that? When when Celtic fans see somebody that's been there for 10 to 12 years coming in and, been, and, and, and playing in the striker role, Naturally, fans like to see not just Celtic fans. Any fans like to see a big name signing, or they would they would much prefer somebody that all showed something they'd never seen before because they're used to seeing James Forrest in the wing and they kind of know what they're getting from him. It's, they're not the happiest with seeing him seeing him a striker. And you, you, I think that if he scores that game, at the, he scores in that game at the weekend and they win the game, everybody's saying what a genius decision that is for Brendan Rodgers and trying James up front. And that that was his original position when he first came into the Celtic team. I think when he played, he played in that forward area and. But he is a winger, Jamesy. He knows he's a winger, but it just shows credit to Jamesy. He'll, he'll do anything he can for the team. He'll play up front. He's a good finisher and he's got pace. And I think when, when he thinks about a striker, he probably thinks about somebody that can hold the ball in and somebody that can sprint and, and show in behind. And I think that's when, when he thinks about Jamesy. But he's a great player, Jamesy. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not surprised that he's, he's one of the quickest wingers there because, if not the quickest, because he's really powerful over a short distance. 
Okay, thank you, Peter. Food for thought there, Celtic fans. Are you agreeing or disagreeing? Maybe you get your thoughts in specifically on tonight's lineup and anything else that's going on there tonight. What about Sean, though, who's got Rangers on his mind? Sean, what are you thinking tonight? Hey, how you doing, mate? How good. you doing, guys? You all good? How you doing? Uh, no, I was just wanting to say, so it was regarding fans saying Tav should be stripped to the captaincy. So, in my opinion, like, he sets goals up, he scores goals all the time. It's like, can I, for example, with Man United, I know people are moaning Bruno Fernandes is captain with him, he should be stripped to that. But then who do you swap him with? If you strip Tavry captain, say, who are you actually going to make captain in that Rangers team? The guy sets goals up, he sets goals up, scores goals all the time. If you take him on the team, it's going to be a big miss. And then there's other players, that, like, who are you going to swap? James Tavernier mm. as, as a captain kind of thing that's what I was kind of wanting your thoughts on I mean going into tonight Hugh it's, I mean maybe the weekend was a perfect example of the different ways and Charlie's captained many uh-huh. teams um, you know of you can sort of lead you get a guy that misses a penalty but shows yeah. enough bottle to take another one and score it and sets up the other um, it's, just, it's just this ongoing debate that seems to never end around I, I, James Tavernier I think some of these debates uh, they become a cliche and Rangers, even under Philippe Clement, they have not been perfect. Far from it. There were moans and groans and boos at Ibrooks uh, last Sunday. But Tavernier came to the fore when Rangers needed him. And he has made a habit of doing that. I know I asked a caller outright last week, who do you want then? He said, Jack Butland. Now, Butland has been the shining light for Rangers out of the summertime buying, which has largely been poor, Butland is the one success, undiluted success. However, Tavernier has not done anything which would allow Philippe Clement to even think about stripping him of the captaincy. It just shows you how fine the margins are. He missed a penalty and they're seven minutes away for getting beat 1-0 for Hearts and not capitalising on Celtic drawing at Easter Road. So I think that we would have had callers on again, screaming for his captaincy to be taking off him if he hadn't. The ref hadn't given a penalty, so he goes up and shows shows real captain qualities there, but taking leadership and taking the penalty. He could easily have passed that on to somebody else. And then he gets the ball and crosses it, and it, an unbelievable ball right onto Danilo's head for the winner. So it just shows the fine margins and... and that's what it is at the team like Celtic and Rangers but he stepped up again and, and showed why he is captain and, and there's all shots, sorts of ways to lead we speak about that before there's shouters there's screamers there's people that, that have a go at people there's people that speak a lot and then there's people that just lead by how they play and how they how they never give up they play a lot of minutes and they and they, they score at big moments and get assists you captain Blackburn didn't you you yeah. captain Scotland on occasion yeah. did, did you put do we put too much emphasis on it? Was it like being the guy who's got the armband? I mean, do you start mm-hmm. thinking about all these things differently? Um, you need to... When I first got given the captaincy anywhere I was, my main thing that I come back to was just be myself because the reason you were asked to be captain is clearly because of the way you were acting. So I just tried to always be myself and be the person that I was. And and that, that's the way I tried to be. Um, the, the season that, that I was given captaincy, I scored 14 goals um, from centre-half and, and I, I took I took the penalties. And so, so I, a that's lot a of the way... Chris return, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I missed it, a penalty in the last day, he scored 15. I missed still, a penalty in the last day, you. still haunts me. I think that was some sort of record, potentially. Somebody mentioned that Aidan Flint had scored right. something like 50 or 14 and that would have beat the record. But anyway... What's the worst thing about being a captain? 
the worst thing about being a captain is it's probably the stuff off the pitch you know that it's like everybody comes to you to go and deal with the manager and, and, and deal with things that maybe the, the, the Christmas night out I mean that's not the worst that, that's not the worst <laughs> thing that's to organise but something you would quite like uh, it was alright aye wasn't it but you, you need to you, you, you can hand out jobs as well so you get somebody to do the fines you'll be somebody that, that collects the fines in a couple of years I've done it um, collecting the fine money it's good because you don't really need to pay fines as well you don't uh, get away with that well so you that. don't really have to but you're taking the money in so that's, a, that's an abusive position aye well sometimes you've got to do what you want I, to I don't know you that well but just from what I've like, well, I just can't imagine you organising tickets <laughs> oh, I think no. you'd be terrible at that no, I wasn't great with nah, that. To be fair, that that wasn't really the captain's job though. When I when I done it, delegate it, that. I no no. There'd be somebody at the club that would uh, <sighs> sort the tickets out. Sean, we've got distracted in terms of the team tonight. Sean, from a Rangers perspective, so much. The only thing we've spoke about more than James Tavernier's captaincy is Serial Dessers and Sam Lammers form. Is it time that someone else came in and started matches, or do you think they'll both still get the nod from the from the off? Nah, in my opinion, mate, it's. There's this time I'd have got to change. Danilo's obviously proved his form. Like every time he's played, he's kind of performed. Obviously, due to injury, mm-hmm. he's kind of no been able to prove his like his place kind of thing. But like he's come on at the second end, of the start of the second half, the last game, came on and scored the last minute goal. Obviously, and then his game against St Johnson as well, he scored the goal before the injury. So I think he obviously deserves his chance as number nine rather than playing out in the left. But I'd like to see the boy McCausland as well playing over Lammers. Kind of thing, do you know what I mean? Or somebody else, anyway. Like the two of them have had umpteen chances, and there's obviously nothing happening to it. And that seems to be like a kind of main factor that a lot of fans are moaning about regarding Dessers and Lammers. So I feel as if the night's a kind of chance where somebody else deserves a chance mm. to kind of prove their point, to kind of play and show what they've got to play. Do you know what I mean? Well, we'll find out soon. Thank you to Sean 01419511025. And if you call us right now, there's a good chance we'll speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Charlie McGrewer here and that break ended much earlier than I anticipated so there we are uh, lots going on tonight many big games across the country looking for you to get in touch and share your thoughts team selection suggestions uh, you know importance of the fixture there are obviously other storylines I'm looking forward to getting around to St Johnston's managerial search the pressure that is on the likes of maybe Barry Robson Stephen Naismith I think it's safe to say they could be doing with a win as well uh, and of course you there is that knock-on effect at Celtic Park tonight because the Green Brigade have hit back at Celtic calling the club shameful after yeah. it was banned from all games um, last night's show we spoke about the, the rap sheet if you like now Celtic say this is due to basically like I say you know, a rap sheet various various issues around safety and behaviour now the timing of it has led to an, I think an understandable level of cynicism and the Green Brigade believe this is due to their solidarity with Palestine and everything that's going on in, at the moment um, whereas Celtic are, are being consistent in saying that it's actually to do with various behavioural issues either way it's resulted in a ban the Green Brigade have hit back today and you wonder where it goes from here well, what we have now is a full-scale internal war between a section of the club support and uh, those who run the club. I 
have no intention whatsoever of discussing a humanitarian tragedy in the Middle East because this is not the forum for that discussion. We all have our private views on what's going on there. But you're asking me about a football club and a renegade group of supporters. Uh, part of their statement today from the Green Brigade says that they have no regrets about bypassing internal security. Well, I'm sorry, but you just can't bypass security. The clue is in the title. The opposite of security is insecurity, and you cannot create an insecure situation inside football grounds or outside football grounds when there are other people potentially going to be caught up in it. Celtic have to meet with the Green Brigade. They have to see if there is a mature resolution possible to what is going on now. Because what is going on now is a massive distraction for the players. They may not discuss it in the dressing room, but they'll be aware of an uh, an area of the ground being unoccupied now. They'll be aware of, uh, I would imagine, uh, a drop in noise levels during games. What's going on is unhealthy for the football club. And you either come to a mature resolution... Or you come to the conclusion that you're better off closing that Mm. part of the ground, returning season ticket money to those who have paid for them and going to your waiting list of supporters and allow them to occupy those seats. is Is it a complex issue though? Because like everything, I was going to say in Scottish football, but sometimes everything in the world now without getting too deep, people will have you believe it's like this binary issue where it's one thing or the other and you either have to be for the Green Brigade or you have to be against them. When it's no situation's ever like that. There's always a bit in the middle where you can maybe acknowledge clearly the atmosphere that is brought, maybe acknowledge some of the good charitable causes that are, are covered, maybe look at the ways that some of the the spectacle uh, can boost the club's profile in in different ways and acknowledge that there are shortcomings as well. It just feels like frustratingly, like every single issue, it just gets boiled right down to are you for or are you against? And I think we even saw that on the phones a little bit last night. Uh, Again, I have no intention of overlooking the charitable works that they do and they are to be commended for that. I would also point out that Celtic's own charity foundation provides much needed help to a wide variety of causes and they're not to be overlooked in that direction either. My belief, personal belief, fans don't go to Celtic Park for the most part to take part in a political seminar. Every passing cause, whether it's playing Lazio and the protest against fascism in Italy, whether it's Palestine and what is tragically going on there. Ange Postacoglu said a wonderful thing last week as manager of Tottenham who draw a percentage of their support from London's Jewish community. And he said that in these scenarios, football clubs have to provide what they have always provided. A sense of one place where people can escape what's going on and go and unite behind their football team. Therefore, I think Celtic are trying to provide a very successful football team and a place where people can go and find a haven from 
humanitarian tragedy? Uh, well, let's get back to things that were maybe, I was going to say, more of our area of expertise. But I don't know if I've, if I've got any of them either because we've got team news from both of those big games. We've got some callers lined up as well. Uh, so let's go Andrew McLean from Celtic Park. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, one of the areas of focus that people probably weren't thinking about was centre-back for Celtic and that is a big point of interest tonight because Cameron Carter-Vickers is not in the squad for Celtic at all tonight. He drops out of the squad. Paolo Bernardo, he drops to the bench and so does Dyson Maida. So Nat Phillips comes in for them. David Turnbull is in as well and you were talking about him earlier on. James Forrest gets a start for Celtic also. So it's Joe Hart in goal. The back four, Alistair Johnson, Nat Phillips, Liam Scales, and Greg Taylor, the midfield three, Cal McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and David Turnbull. It will then be Lewis Palma and James Forrest either side of Kyogo. The substitutes, Bain, Yang, Holm, Navrotsky, O, Iwata, Bernardo, Maida and Ralston. Also have a St Mirren team for you as well. It's Zach Hemming in goal for them. The back three, Marcus Fraser, Alex Gogic and Richard Taylor. The wing-backs, Ryan Strain and Scott Tanzer. The two central midfielders, Caelan Boyd-Munce and Mark O'Hara. The supporting act up top, Greg Kilty and Conor McMenamin with Toyosi Olesanya leading the line for them. The substitutes are Minsky, Bolton, Dunn, Small, Flynn, Jameson, Mandron, Grieve and Nakmani. Interesting team news, Charlie McGrew. Your area of expertise, Celtic's back four. Yep. Said, well, obviously, I was going to say you're surprised, but clearly there's a reason that Cameron yeah, Carter Vickers. It must have been an injury that nobody knew about. Nobody knew about. But um, I thought Bernard might have started, but we didn't. Turnbull comes in, um, done well at the start of the season in one or two games. So it's a big night for him. It feels like there's a lot of Celtic fans yeah. increasingly not convinced that he can take Rio Hatati's place. I'm sure he'll be out to prove that he can. Yeah, he'll be he'll be right in there trying to trying to get himself a start in the team because he's a big miss Atati and uh, Turnbull will be looking to take over and try and play in the, the Champions League and, and, and get game time. James Forrest back to his natural wing position. Um big game for him as well to try and put his stamp and get get in the team. I've always thought that tonight would be a difficult game for Celtic. And uh, so they're uh, excellent, uh, aren't they? Uh yeah. Without doubt they, they they go there one of the form teams. You know, Celtic have had uh, six away games and only dropped two points. Great record. And they haven't lost a game at Celtic Park this season. Great record. But it's not convincing at the moment. It wasn't convincing against Hibs. And I think they're bang up against it tonight with this St Mirren side. And now that they've lost Cameron Carter-Vickers, Hatati's lost for the remainder of 2023. Uh, And Maeda. You know, I, I know he had issues with these contact lenses at the weekend, but I, I assume oh, that's I've not been why he's out. Nothing worse. But I think it's an even more difficult game now, given the, the side that Brendan Rodgers has had to put out. I think they have been convincing you. I think that we're looking at the Hibs game most recently, and it was 0-0. But if you look back to the Atletico Madrid game, Celtic were unbelievable in long spells of that game. And then the Hearts game at Tynecastle, Celtic were brilliant. So I think they're in a good place at the moment, although there'll be a couple of changes they look to get back right on the on the boat here and, and, and a, a real strong performance, hopefully, and get the result. Albeit St Mern are a, a, a hard team to play against because they, they're drilled in the way they play. They sit in a shape and they press. They all know when to press mm. and they all know when to kind of sit and wait for the counter-attack. So Celtic, Celtic need to be on top form tonight to get the goal. Tongue slightly in cheek because, as we said earlier, James Forrest has been a brilliant player, so it's not a slight on him. I just, I've just i got this image in my head if you're a St Mirren fullback and you see no dies in my day, you think... 
brilliant yeah, yeah. Good I cannot mm. be bothered chasing him around all night But anyway uh, We're going to give you team news When we get full team news from Dens Park In just a minute or two Let's bring in Stoddy Who's on the line Stoddy how are you? How are you doing alright boys? Good how are you more importantly? No bad mate no bad What are you thinking? Yeah, I was just driving home here And I think it was one of your first calls He was going on about uh, Celtic need a clear out Mm-hmm with James, like you said, James A. Forrest and Hingme. Does he seriously think that if Brendan Rodgers fought the Kennedy a for Celtic, he'd still be in the squad? It's crazy to think. Mm. Charlie touched on it there when he says how good we played against Atletico Madrid and then Hearts, obviously. Well, we're outstanding. And then they draw one game against Hibs and all of a sudden Celtic need a clear. I just think it's crazy. Is it, not a, number, is it, not an, is it a numbers thing, though, as well, Stoddy? Brendan Rodgers said it's the squad's too big, you know, and you've. And, Fine Forest is maybe a bit more of a debatable one, but you know, guys like Quan signed and never seen looking at the bench tonight. Still no Lager Bielka on that bench. Um, you know, there are players there that are just not contributing. But I think, like Sir James Forrest and Mikey Johnson, they're, they'll do for Scotland. The players you just mentioned, get rid of them. The players like James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, stuff like that, they'll. They'll do for Scotland. Well, Mikey Johnson is now an, an, an Irish Six international. Times but, an Irish no, international. Right. Um, and anyway, James Forrest. No, I think he means. I think he means in the SPL, don't you? Stoddy no, in the SPL I, games. Oh right, right. No, I thought he meant the national no, team. Sorry, no, sorry, no, Stoddy. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, well, Hugh, what, what do you think? Stoddy's defending some of these players, but like we said, there is clearly a numbers issue for Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, the, the manager can't be any more specific unless he actually tells you who's going. The squad's too big for him. The players who have been brought in in the summertime are not doing it for him, by and large. And there's going to have to be change. There's no need for anyone to take the huff over this, to take offence. Players will be going because Brendan Rodgers thinks that they're not going to make it under him. Stoddy, Hugh Keevans thinks that Celtic team tonight is maybe giving St Mirren a bit more of a chance. We know he's a very cynical, negative man at times. Do you do you share his concerns? I heard the, I just heard the team news there, but I, I think we should be all right. A wee early goal and we'll be, we'll be sorted for the night. I'll say 2 or 3 now. I'm not sure. Ah, you would say that. I did say it on Saturday and you, you all right. laughed at me. I know, but that means that you're not due another one for like six months. Well, <laughs> we shall see, Charlie. We shall see. Um, it, does it feel like there's a bit of an addition then for Rio Hitati's spot? Because Bernardo came on for him, obviously, in Europe, then played again. David Turnbull gets the nod tonight. I know Celtic fans were quite excited by bits of what they saw against home. Mm. He then got sent off. We've not really seen him again. Mm. Um, does it feel is that is that open? Yeah, it looks like it is. You can tell by the team selection tonight it's open. And David Turnbull will know that. He'll know that the manager's not 100% convinced with Bernard. Um, so he'll he'll be looking to take his chance um, tonight. And he's a goal threat. I think that's a big part as well. He does hit shots. He does he does have that bit of flair in the final third. So, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a spot that's that's ready. And, and I think Brendan will just shown in the past that he's ruthless. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not doing a job, he doesn't. He go, doesn't. Back, go back to game number one, Charlie. Celtic at home to Ross County and Turnbull was yep. preferred to Rio Hatati at that particular point and scored two goals. That's the David Turnbull that Brendan Rodgers needs and wants mm. tonight. I've got this sort of theory, right? I don't know if it's because I'm conditioned of being a fan of a so-called we team. See, when you think that you've got a chance at places like Celtic Park, they're the ones that sometimes come to bite you on the backside. However... 
I do wonder if St Mirren will ignore my theory because why uh-huh. would you care about that and think well pff, do you know what Cameron Carter Vickers is out there's yeah. no Rio Hitati Celtic are at war with an element of their own fans yeah. M- maybe there's a chance there and maybe back, my theory comes back, out to be right and it's 4-0 Celtic go back to the other Saints St Johnston who are so bad they've had to mm. bin the manager and have four points all season long they went to Celtic Park and got a goalless draw You'll see, I mean, you've seen it from both I sides, think, Charlie. I think that day was a turning point for Celtic. I think when they get the 0-0 draw, Celtic then realised a lot of the messages they were getting for Ben and Rogers, they really under, tried to, started to understand them and it was a real turning point. Celtic from then, if you look at their performances from then, they've been really, really good. So I think that the big thing tonight is St Marno spend a long, long time in their own half without the ball. It's when Celtic can eh, get the chances and score them. And if you score nice and early, you score in the first half... Then St Mun need to come out a wee bit and try and get a seller try and get a seller goal. Otherwise they'll spend long, long, mm. long spells stuck in their, their final their half in their final third because Celtic that's what they do to teams and especially teams that don't press high. You wonder if there's a team that can pull that off though. It might well be St Mirren. We're in for a good one, I think. Thank you to Stoddy. Uh, we'll get team news from Dundee next and speak to James, but let me run this past you. Yes, Friday's getting closer Which means you're running out of time To win a quarter of a million pounds We're going to try and give you that money In time for the weekend Teaming up with our stations from across the UK All you need to do is enter now To win a quarter of a million pounds We're talking life-changing money here We guarantee every penny paid out to one winner And if it is you The cash will be paid into your bank account Straight after the call Text YES to 61025 Text are £2 plus your standard network rate You can enter online at the website Which costs £2 Or call 0330-8804-523 And those calls are charged at a standard rate All the rules for this Bower Media Audio UK competition Are on the website It's over 18s only And the lines close at 5pm on Friday When Gemma Atkinson will make the call There's no phrase or amount to remember You don't have to pick up within 5 rings So for your chance to win quarter of a million pounds Which is a sensational amount of money Text YES to 61025 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Lots of interesting team news to bring you around You're looking at St Johnston's first team line Since sacking Stephen McLean Big games at Fir Park and Tyne Castle And all that sort of stuff um, So lots going on there But let's get to which The artist formerly known as Dens Park Which is now called Gabriel Oh, Gordon, I read it on the way and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. They're actually officially calling it this new name at Dens Park, I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. So Dens Park is still part of Have you of not the been name. listening to Beat the Pundit? It would have been on there at some point. The Scott Foam Stadium. Scott Foam, I've got it. I'm being pointed to it right now. Scott Foam Stadium, thank you very much. Just Scott Foam at Dens Park. Anyway, team news. Who's playing? Uh, team news, big team news here, Gordon, and that's that Danilo leads the line for Cleek. Philippe Clement's side for the first ever time. It's his first start in two months since that bad facial injury he had up at St. Johnson. He's one of four changes from that 2-1 comeback win over Hearts at the weekend. In with him come Balogun, Jack and Wright, uh, whilst Nico Raskin is out of the squad altogether, along with Ben Davis, which is a surprise. We didn't expect that. Todd Campwell and Cyril Dessers also drop to the bench. Now, just before I go through the full 11, security is saying there may be a 20-minute delay to kick off. The Rangers team 
Racing bus reportedly struggling to reach the stadium. Nothing confirmed yet, Gordon, but I'll come back to you on that. Important to stress that for any fans going to the game. A quick run-through of the Rangers 11. A Jack Butland in goal, a back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Leon Balogun and Red Van Yilmaz. It'll be John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack in midfield. Scott Wright on one wing with Abdullah Simmer on the other. Sam Lammers will play behind Delilo. At the substitutes are McCrory, Dessers, Cantwell, Sifuentes, Dowell, Sterling, Barisic, King and McCausland. As I've been speaking to you as well, the Dundee team has finally dropped. We'll have a quick run-through of that as well. It'll be Carson in goal, Beck, Shaughnessy, Tiffany, Bakioko, Lamy, McCowan, Boateng, Donnelly, Silla and Portales make up their eleven. Yeah, looks like that kickoff will be delayed. We'll keep you up to speed. James and Hamilton, I am so sorry. You have been hanging on this line since Hugh Keevan celebrated his 40th birthday. <laughs> That's how long it will feel for you. So my apologies. Take it away. Ah, it's fine. Listen, it's, it's at Hamilton, no Hamilton, formerly known as. Ah, honestly, I, I don't even know what's going on in here, James. I, I, I just blame someone else for these things. So anyway, you're a Rangers fan though, yes? Yeah. Right, we've got Rangers that much fan, right. right. Good. Carry so, on. I'm actually um, I'm just on the phone just a wee bit about management style um, because you mentioned it earlier to one of the callers just to say that it's for Philippe already it's been a wee bit turbulent uh, it's been up and down and one of the things that sort of struck me in the sort of press conference earlier in the week for Be- um, for Dundee was that Ben Davies who listening to your team news there doesn't seem to be blamed <laughs> I did wonder that James why did the press conference yeah right? yeah um, he actually maybe this is the reason for it actually because he was asked like what has the manager done, you know, when coming into this new role? And obviously we seem to be going a little bit more up the way rather than, you know, down the way. So we're not losing games. We are, thankfully, uh, getting points on the board, which is good. Um, and he said hadn't really done much and not really made wholesale changes. But one of the things he did point out with, which I thought was interesting, was that he, he had this better relationship with players. Like he, he speaks directly with, with players. He shares these thoughts with players. He speaks to them, right? And I remember, let me cash your mind back to when Beale first came in. He was asked this question constantly: How will your relationship change with the players between going from a coach to a manager? And he, I remember him saying something along the lines of, "He's nobody's friend," or he, he was kept himself as a distance. He was a disciplinarian and uh, in the training park and. He never really had any sort of, you know, communication with players directly type of thing. And I wonder whether or not that's the case when he transitioned into the management role. You know, did he carry that way on? Because it sounds like maybe in the modern game, and obviously Charlie, it's probably a question to you, if more players need that personal touch, you know what I mean? That sort of speaks directly. Someone they can go to, someone they can talking communicate to um, and obviously share their problems and give them that sort of confidence boost that was one of the ones that Ben mentioned was a confidence boost uh, so I, I guess the question is you know, what sort of management style do professional players in the modern game really prefer is it that I don't, distant manager or the one more closer I don't think it ever changes in, in life and football is no different I think you need to have a connection with your players you need to know. They need to know that you care. That can be in different ways. It doesn't need to be that you. You have to be their mates and sit down and talk to them and and cr- crack jokes with them and all that. I think they just need to know that you've got their back. You're behind them. You, certain things like coming out in the press and backing them at certain times. Having having small chats with them. It could be something as as much as just a, a, a pat in the back or a, or a well done. <clears throat> I think that 
you need to have these connection with players because it's all they talk about tactics and they talk about philosophies and and there's a lot of that talk in football now. But what will never leave is is management of players and management of people. And I think that no matter what philosophy and what tactical ideas you have in the game, your players will never carry them out if you don't have a connection with them and they don't feel that that you care about them. And, and is everybody and, different though? Is that is that is that the ultimate challenge? Because yeah. I think you've said before on here that you you liked yeah. you liked being. You didn't mind getting a kick up the backside, yeah, basically. But but well, well, if you're right into the deepness of that, is I liked that because I knew it came from a place I care. So I knew my dad was told me straight, used to tell me straight, would tell you no in certain terms, but you knew it came from a place I care. Neil Lennon was exactly the same. So I think as long as you've got a connection and as long as you know the person tells you that when you do something well, they tell you they've done something well, but also they tell you straight when you don't. And I think within truth, that's a big way to get a connection with people. If they know that you're telling the truth and you know that you're being honest, then you, there's a trust there. And that's how you get mm. you get the best out of people and by having that connection and having that trust. And and to go, go back to your question, I, I hope I've helped, helped understand that, that if Michael Beale decides he stands off and I'm going to do this, if that's not your natural personality, and I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I think you also need to be yourself. I, I don't think you can copy anybody else. You need to be you because your players will, will sniff that it. out and see right through it. I don't think there's any great mystique here. Philippe Clement is a different calibre of manager from Michael Beale. Serial title winner in Belgium, which is a very good standard. And quite simply, a far more experienced and far better manager than Michael Beale. Michael Beale had two dozen games in management at QPR and then came here. Rangers fell for Michael Beale. And now they are still living with Michael Beale's misjudgments. And they were mainly made on the transfer market. So, in every press conference they ever had, Michael Beale told you a special relationship he had with every individual at Rangers. I don't know whether it was true or false. What I do know is, this man, Clement, is a different calibre of manager. Speaking of recruitment, James... Serial Dessers and Sam Lammers have been the main whipping boys, if you like, amongst the new signings. One of them has kept their place, it's Sam Lammers. The other has dropped out uh, to be replaced by Danilo. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's um, obviously really happy that Danilo gets his start. Uh, I think, you know, he still has a bit to prove, but, you know, he looks like a busy person over the park, which is good to see. He looks like he wants to get involved and he looks eager as well. Like, he, he, he has the same thing that fashion had that we all liked, which he plays with a smile in his face. And, you know, Kyogo has the same thing, and I'm sure Celtic fans are dear to him because of it. It's like, you know, when you can see people enjoying being in the park, you know what I mean? And that, that, that in itself is good. You know, Dessers and Lammers, again, just going back to that Beale situation and being a new manager, it's being a new manager in any sort of profession, you always feel you need to be this stoic person, you know what I mean? Like, you know, distance yourself and make your authority known type of thing. And I think, to be honest, if I'm being really fair, maybe he did leave them out to dry a little bit, whereas I feel like Clement, you know, with his experience, like Hugh says there, can bring them in and, you know, give them a little bit of shelter from the, you know, the criticism they are getting. But let's be fair, you know, it's not unfounded criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually surprised Lammer starts today. Surprised Cantwell's on the bench alongside the young boy as well out wide um, so yeah I think 
to be honest, more than anything, it, it's probably a good move uh, that Flip Phillips came in for Dessers and Lammers because I, I hope that he will have, like we've already seen today, or well, not today, in recent events, you know, he, he brings players when they come off and substitute them. He, he talks to them, you know, he explains. You know, no doubt, I don't know what he's saying, but he's obviously having some form of communication, right? Yeah, you'd like to well, think so. You never saw that before, and Rangers fans pick up on it quite a lot. Yeah, just quickly, because we are nearing the end of this part, um, are you surprised Sam Lammers kept his place? Very. Uh, it's a old Scottish cliche, when you bring in a player from abroad and uh, you spend a few million pounds on him, ah, but can he do it on a wet Wednesday and Dundee? <laughs> well, we'll find out tonight. At the Scott Foam Stadium, which will not kick off on time, Gabriel? No, Gordon, it won't. Both Rangers and Dundee have tweeted to confirm the delay to kick-off. It's due to severe traffic disruption. Turnstiles will be open as normal for both sets of fans. We have no confirmed kick-off time yet, although we're expecting around a 20-minute delay. I'll let you know the latest as we get it. Oh, needless to say, I hope it's nothing serious, but Charlie Mulgrew will testify that you don't miss that drive into Dundee, do you? No, you're, no, you're no. Happy, he's happy to be done with that. But he faces a totally different type of stress in the form of this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. It is Beat the Pundit time. You have until seven, so give us a call on 01419511025 and it could be you who plays next. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Play one super scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Charlie Mulgrew are here There is a lot going on Big Premiership games up and down the country Celtic against St Mirren Two teams in good form It has to be said that this early part of the season Of course there's that ban from the Green Brigade Which adds an off-field element to it Rangers fans heading to Dundee The kickoff's been delayed there An interesting team selection from Philippe Clement as well We're going to get to St Johnson's first game without a manager You never know, we've got a young... Inspiring coach in the studio I wonder if he'll be throwing his CV in Not you no. don't, don't look at me like no. that no. Uh, I ruled myself out Big night for the likes of Aberdeen and Hearts Who could probably be doing with a win So we'll get as much of that in as we can But we need your help 01419511025 Let's play this first Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Charlie McGrew was telling us he's got a taste for this Beat the pundit Stuff he won his last outing. He's keen for more. You've, I mean, you've just seen and done it all, really. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've yeah. had zeros, probably. You've had tens. I've you've... never had a zero. To be fair, I've been rubbish, but I've never had a zero. Yeah. Uh, but I'm winning. But I'm winning in a very, very scruffy way, Charlie. Yeah, that was more like my win last week. But I'm, I'm really to go today. You get a ten out of ten this season. Yep. Sensational, okay. honestly. Don't get me wrong, that's not his usual level. <laughs> but you know, we'll see. Uh, right, heads it is Hugh Tails. It will be Charlie Mulgrew. And it is, it's tails, he's got his wish Charlie Mulgrew against James and Springburn How's it going James? I'm very well thanks, how's yourself? Not bad, not bad at all James, you're a Celtic fan Are you giving yourself more chance of a win than Celtic tonight Or is that just a silly question? Uh, no, silly question of course Backing his team over, over his own ability uh, Let's see what we've got here James, I'm sure you're familiar with the format But what we'll do first is give Charlie some Greatest Hits radio to listen to So that he can't hear uh, And we'll then get 30 seconds for you James Where you answer as many as you can And if you want to pass and move on to the next one That's absolutely fine, okay? Okay, that's fine Right, 
Let's go. Your time starts now. Who was the only Scotsman to score in the 2-2 draw between Hibs and Ross County last night? Uh, Jordan White. Who's bottom of the Scottish Championship? Abroth. Who's the only player in the Rangers squad in their second stint at the club? Um, Scrap that one. Move on. Matt O'Reilly signed from Celtic for which club? MK Dons. Name any of the two Scots currently managing in the English Championship. Um, Pass. Before Stephen McLean, who was the last manager to lose their job in the Scottish Premiership? Michael Beale. Who used to play their home games at Muirton Park? I'll give you an extra question. I'll reveal why in a minute. Quick. Muirton Park. Um, pass. Okay. Let's bring back Charlie. Can you hear us, Charlie? Got us? Yes. Loud and clear. Good. Right, you ready? Yes. Same set of questions. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who was the only Scotsman to score in the 2-2 draw between Hibs and Ross County last night? White. Who's bottom of the Scottish Championship? Pass. Matt O'Reilly signed for Celtic from which club? MK Dons. Name any of the two Scotsmen currently managing in the English Championship. Alex Neil. Um, before Stephen McLean, who was the last manager to lose their job in the Scottish Premiership? Pass. Who used to play their home games at Muirton Park? Pass. James, what do you think? I think I've done okay. Could have been better. Yeah, let's find out. I had to just think on my feet there. I'll explain why I gave the guys an extra question, but Charlie's fair and he won't hold it against me. Uh, the only Scott to score in the 2-2 draw between Hibs and Ross County last night was Jordan White. You both got it. At which team are currently bottom... Of the championship George Bowie's team Oh Morton Morton Our bottom There was a question there About Stephen Davis But he's not in the Rangers squad anymore Of course So that had to, I kind of had to take it out After I'd said it um, Matt O'Reilly signed from MK Don So you both got it uh, Name any of the two Scots Currently managing In the English championship Alex Neil Or Russell Martin um, And is that is great Thought process here Because you were down Seeing Russell Martin Recently weren't you Yes So I thought okay, I'm, As I'm annoyed at that He's got an advantage He's going to say Russell Martin And then you didn't You went for Alex Neal So yeah. fair enough 3-2 um, to Charlie uh, Before Stephen McLean Who was the last manager To lose their job In the Scottish Premiership Michael Beale Certain Mr Michael Beale uh, And who used to play Their home games At Muirton Park St. It was St Johnston Back in the day Everything that was back in the day is remembered by Hugh Evans, though, <laughs> which means James and whoever was helping you in the background, which is fine. It was a two for you, but a three for Charlie Mulgrew. Well done, Charlie. Hard lines, guys. Cheers, James. Cheers, thank you. Who is that I'm in the background, game, James? We need to give him a shout out after all the help he gave you. He's called James as well. <laughs> James and James in Springburn. Thank you very much. There we go. I think I got that right. Was that a three two? I think it was. I was Aye. editing the questions as we went. Anyway, right. Uh, oh, hold on. Producer's now going, was it not 3-3? Three, three? Well, the guys didn't speak up. Do you think you got a third one, James? Have I done you? No, I think we got the third one. The Michael Beale one. That was the third one. Oh, you got Michael Beale. Right, 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 oh. right. I've been hard on the guys. Can't believe it. It's a player. Can't believe it. Oh, I did no. wonder. just did a little, little thought there. Right, what we're going to do here is go to the tiebreaker. So I'll ask a question. I'll get Charlie to write his answer down. And I'll then invite you two to give me your attempt, okay? Right, cool. Right, let's get the question up and running. How many goals have been scored in the Scottish Premiership this season? Simple, Charlie. Write it down before they've got time to Google it. How many goals have been scored in the Scottish Premiership this season? Uh, James and James, what are you going for? Going to go for 113. 
113. Charlie's gone 74. I know it's not a high scoring league, but come on, it's 142. You're halfway there. <laughs> the guys have done you. Well done, James, on the line. There we go. Well done. Cheers. Well done, James. There we go. There we go. Thank you very much to James and James winning in the end. Made a pig's either of them, to be honest. But there we go. We move on, and tomorrow's Beat the Pundit will be better. Uh, I promise. Right. 01419511025 is the number that you need. Uh, and their Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Uh, so don't forget, we're looking at the team news from tonight. We're building up uh, to the games. See, everyone's tweeting me saying, Leon Balligan's in his second spell at Rangers. So that would have been a good question. Yeah, but on my answer sheet, it only said Stephen Davis. So heads will roll for this. <laughs> don't you worry. It's Hugh Keevan's fault, and I will make sure uh, he pays the price. But don't don't worry. Tomorrow will be better, I think. Um, anyway, we are building up to those games. I was going to say we're 35 minutes away, but we're not at the Scott Foam Stadium at Dens Park. Remember, uh, that kickoff's been pushed back to about five past eight as things stand. Uh, how, how much uh, does that affect your preparation, Charlie? I mean, you, you're literally climbing off the bus and getting yeah. out on mm. the park now. Uh, presumably they won't be, though, eh? That'll, that'll be why. But, you, but you're still not Once getting anything Once you're on the bus, right? you've had your pre-match meal, mm-hmm. you're, you're ready to go for the game, and it's always like a strict pre-match meal, three years and 15 minutes, I think the time is, the now the sports science say. So they'll have three years like and 15 minutes, it is. Now. It, it used to be three specific. hours. Now it's 3.15, right? Um, so yeah, so they'll have they'll have they'll have had something to eat. They'll be ready to go, and then now they'll be they'll probably have to have mm. one. They'll probably have to have something else, probably have a banana or something before the they... bus will be twenty minutes later. Hence why yeah, yeah kick something like that. See the more I think about it now, right? See, see the emphasis and the stuff you get stuck up on as a player. Like I mean, the difference in twenty minutes isn't going to make a deal. But see, because you're you're that focused on every single thing being bang mm-hmm. on in the build up to the game. Um, you really start to think about these things and you think right I'm going to eat a banana then and that'll leave me that time to digest it before then we go and do what is this now in retirement you've started thinking I was yes. so stressed out Lived by all this stuff so much fear and stress it's unbelievable but like, do you think everybody does though yeah I think they do really? I think I think, I think um, it's a big it's a big motivation for me going to management because I want to have a team that that are on the pitch and they they don't feel that stress now listen I'm not saying I can completely take that away, but what I can, what what I think I can, I can, I can bring is is, is a responsibility, a, a team knowing exactly what their jobs is on the pitch, and that can help with that kind of stuff. But I'm realising now that the weekends are coming, and there's a bit of a bit of time for me to relax. Whereas before, a Friday would come, and I'd think, oh, here we go, it's work time. Saturday morning would come, you get the feeling in your pit, your stomach the minute you wake up. So even after all those games, yeah. you still felt. Stressed or, or pressurised, you, you were institutionalised into that way of, of thinking, and, and no matter where you played or what competition you played in, you still wanted to to perform and, and, and compete at the best level you can. No matter, I mean, whatever fans, a group of fans you played under, demanded that you played the best form of yourself. So it was a lot of pressure, and that was a big reason why I didn't I didn't sign for Partick Thistle in the end, potentially to go there, and I decided that. Um, my motivation was was uh, outweighed by the by the stress and the fear and the and the anxiety that build up the games. There you go. I'm just thinking about the the dietary routine. <laughs> You'd I, I, be I'm thinking that the Super Scoreboard team on a Saturday. I mean, when is Gordon Diel to have his last Empire biscuit before we go? Well, on he's here? he's intermittent fasting now. Of course, it's hard to keep up with him. 
And Mark Wilson likes his chocolate as well. Do you know? He, do you know he sometimes eats. If you ever heard this what? before, if he's coming to do the show and he needs a snack in the afternoon, let's hear it. Tell him. Go on, then you tell. Tin of cold beans. <laughs> no way. How yeah. outrageous is that? Tin of cold beans. <laughs> right, tin with a spoon. Yeah. How bad's that? Hugh, that's not right. <laughs> that's just not right. That's making me sick. It's that, ridiculous. That's isn't it? horrendous. That was a war baby. What are you talking about? What was his cold what was your beans, other thing? But you've got, why can you, you just heat them? What was his other thing? Crisps and mayonnaise was your other thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Hugh. Imagine that for a pre match meal. Imagine bottom cheese and onion in your first 10 minutes. Imagine sitting next to him after <laughs> having to do the show. That's what you've got but, to worry but, about. But I am the age for a chief executive, not a player. Yeah. I'm, I'm management. Yeah. You, you took that stuff serious, didn't you? Did you not go veggie or vegan I or went something vegan for, for a while? About two years. Two years you lasted Aye. it? But I didn't do it like 100% um, vegan. Was I, that I, with I, a view I, to prolonging your career? A bit of that in it and a bit of just um, trying something out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and there was some, I, real, I learned a lot from it. There's still some, a lot of health benefits for you up, up in your, your veg intake and, and maybe not eating as much as much protein, but... Um, but no tins of cold beans. You drew the line there. No tins of co- they would have fitted right into the diet. Oh, they're vegan tins of cold beans. But I played with a boy boy called Paul Caddis who played with Celtic and that. He he was at Blackburn when we started it, and he decided he's going to start it. But he's got quite an addictive personality, Paul Caddis, and he started. Um, he got addicted to pieces and jam. <laughs> <laughs> so he was eating them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just, ro- just a loaf with jam. It's vegan. It's vegan. Aye. It's not really what people have in mind when they go for that vegan nah, diet, is it? He forgot he doesn't like vegetables, so he went vegan and just didn't eat vegetables. So he was basically just en- eating anything <laughs> other than vegetables that weren't wasn't produced by an animal. So Do you, you can imagine chocolate? what he was eating. So he always. Eat no, I'm not vegan anymore, but I'll eat chocolate. I oh, now I eat chocolate. I definitely. So he always just just pieces and jam. Pieces and jam and grapes for his breakfast, and then he's weirder than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I sometimes forget how we we started this stuff. We're going to speak to Justin in a second. Let's get a bit more team news quickly. I'm sure Justin won't mind because Dave Galloway has made it down to North Lanarkshire for Motherwell against Aberdeen. Yeah, both teams will feel they have something to prove this evening, Gordon, and both could really do with a victory here. Motherwell, after four successive defeats, battled back impressively with two late goals to secure a draw against Ross County at the weekend. They showed very good effort and desire, although Stuart Kettlewell was frustrated with the team's overall performance. Aberdeen sits second bottom of the Premiership following a terrible display in Sunday's defeat to Kilmarnock, which again incurred the fury of fans already angry after a late collapse at home to Pauk, losing 3-2 after being 2-0 ahead with 17 minutes to go. The pressure's on then for Barry Robson and his team. All in all, it's been a poor season so far and a massive week lies ahead with a cup semi-final against Hibs and an away game with Pauk coming up. To the teams then, and a couple of changes to tell you about for Motherwell. Lennon Miller and Connor Wilkinson are in for Ollie Shaw and Theo Bear. So it's uh, Liam Kelly in goals. A back three of Paul McGinn, Bevis Mugabe and Dan Casey. Across the middle, Stephen O'Donnell, Harry Payton, Lennon Miller and Brody Spencer. In attack, Callum Slattery, Blair Spittle and Connor Wilkinson. The subs for the Steelmen tonight, Oxborough, Ghent, Bear, Zdravkovsky, Shaw, Blaney, Beareth, Ross and 
Butcher. A couple of changes also for Aberdeen. Leighton Clarkson and Dante Polvara are in, out of the starting lineup. Uh, drop Connor Barron and Duke. It looks like it could well be a 5 4 1 tonight uh, for them. Keller Roos in goals at the back. Nicky Devlin, Stefan Gartenman, Slobodan Rubicic, Richard Jensen, and Jack McKenzie in the middle. Dante Polvara, Graham Shinney, Leighton Clarkson and Jamie McGrath with Boyan Majowski ploughing a lone furrow up front. The subs, Duan, Barron, Duke, Gay, Hayes, Sockler, Duncan, McDonald and Milner. Match referee tonight at Far Park. The pitch is looking magnificent, by the way. Conditions perfect. It's Colin Stephen with VAR. It's Don Robertson tonight. Dave, I know you've got your finger on the pulse with the feelings amongst the Red Army. Could Barry Robson be doing with something tonight? I, I, really, I really do think so. I mean, it, you know, it, this week could go one of two ways. Aberdeen could get a win tonight and a win on Saturday and everything in the garden suddenly is rosy again. You know, dreadful, dreadful performance against Kilmarnock. Uh, the pressure, uh, you know, was was uh, ratcheted up uh, a, a bit because of that. And you know, one of the worst Aberdeen performances I've seen in years. It has to be said. 83 minutes to get an effort on target, um, and that was their only effort on target. So the pressure is on Barry Robson, no doubt about it. And if they were to lose tonight and then get put out of the cup on uh, Saturday, uh, the feeling is that you know he could be clinging mm. on by, by his fingertips. Well, we will see what happens there. Justin, I know you'll forgive me for this because you, you, you'll be interested in the update, but just quickly, Gabriel, are we looking at potentially a further delay at the Scott Foam Stadium at Dens Park? Yes, we are, Gordon. Rangers still not arrived here. Their team bus stuck in traffic. Many supporters as well. We've just had an announcement here at Dens saying it's going to be delayed. Still no confirmation, but we're hearing that it may be as late as 8.30. That would be a 45-minute delay. Think of all the poor journalists, Gordon, sitting here in the cold. Oh, yeah. Think of them. Heart bleeds for you. Uh, and actually, I've gotten unconfirmed reports that the team bus has actually stopped off at the petrol station in the Kingsway for a batch of <laughs> cold beans. <laughs> uh, to get them to get them through to the, the, the build up so we'll see Justin sorry about that but um, I know you'll want to hear the update on your team when they eventually do get there Justin and you see Dessers not take to the pitch for the start um, and Danilo on what do you make of the team tonight? Um, a lot better I, I just wish very briefly that you guys would stop talking about food I'm stuck in the motorway as well and I'm, I'm starving. I feel as if I'm sitting next to this girl on the motorway that long. I feel as if I'm on a date with her. Would you eat a tin of cold beans? I would be all over a can of cold beans and nice. I'm that hungry. I'm starving. Justin, starving. on the off chance, I'm going to regret this. I was going to say on the off chance that the lady driver next to you is listening, you, you could get a message across. This could be the start of something. I hope she's not because she's about 20 years older than me but that's not a bad thing <laughs> Right, I think we definitely move on before yeah. we get in trouble um, Anyway, beans and motorway dating aside what are you thinking tonight? <laughs> I'm really happy that he's decided to put Danilo in um, and that that was going to be my question um, predominantly Charlie but I'd be keen to see what you think as well um, Charlie, as a, as a defender or uh, playing as a defender yep. who would you which one Dessels of Danilo would you least like to go up against? Um, the reason I ask the question is I think we've all seen what Dessels has to offer. His first touch doesn't seem to be great. He's, he, he seems cumbersome and slow and a bit pedestrian. 
Danilo seems to be, I know one of your calls earlier on kind of likened him to fashion, but uh, I think he's more kind of cross between fashion and Alfie and the fact that he seems to have a kind of low centre of gravity but a lot more pace. Yeah, I think... Um, I would just be keen to see what you thought, what one you would... I would least like to play against Danilo, no doubt about it. I, th- I think the, the little flashes I've saw him in, he seems to like to peel off the back of defenders and and make you sell elusive in the box. So that's one thing as a defender, when you're trying to keep the, your eye on the ball and you're also trying to keep one eye on the player and have him in touching distance. If a clever striker's good enough, he can he can get in behind you. You've seen for the goal he scored at McDermott Park and then the, goal, the, the header he scored when he hurt his, his cheek and then the goal he scored, mm-hmm. the winner against Hearts, both times he peels off the back of the defender and it's really, really hard to deal with because the player gets a jump on you and I'm sure that he's... Uh, He's going to score a lot of goals for Rangers just by seeing these small bits of movement. Because sometimes when you see somebody peeling off the back of you and you and you, you turn to look at them, then they all of a sudden they shoot across the front, and these these strikers are hard to hard to pick up. Whereas with with um, sorry, Dessers, he seems a bit as you say a bit cumbersome, a bit a bit slow to react, a bit his touch isn't he kind of quite there. Um, yeah, Danilo definitely wouldn't want to the, play against Danilo. The choice tonight has to be self-explanatory. Danilo comes on, scores the winner Sunday uh, against Hearts, and you know he's clearly a brave man. You know he scored the goal at St Johnston, got himself a real nasty injury as a consequence, but gets over it. Once back straight away, gets the mask on, scores a vital goal. Dessers just can't mm. do right for doing wrong, so the choice is obvious for the manager tonight can it sometimes flip the, the sort of pressure of it as well because I'm, I'm sure Philippe Clement has still said that Danilo's maybe not ready for 90 minutes so you'd imagine you see Dessers at some point tonight is that maybe is that a different type of pressure when you can or maybe not if it's you know if it's nil nil and he has to come on and yeah. win it but you know that not having to carry the burden from the beginning sometimes it different yeah I think you're bang on I think that he'll be on the bench tonight he'll be annoyed he'll be disappointed you'd imagine he would be and he'll be looking to prove a point, so he'll be knowing he'll come on at some stage, and it's up to him to come on. And 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 you're right, there is less pressure of being Rangers. He's number nine, and the one the pressure's on to score goals. Sometimes when you put too much pressure on yourself, as Hugh said, you can't do do right for doing wrong. Every single time you seem to be in the wrong position, your touch seems to be slightly off. So maybe coming on tonight, if Rangers get a couple of goals up, he might come on and and, and play a lot more freer, or he might even come on and and, mm. and do a. You see a better side him. Uh, Justin, it was a good question. Thank you very much. We'll take more of your calls next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Charlie Mulgrew are here. We've got a busy night, so I'm not going to dwell on this too long, but let's give you your full-time teaser anyway. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Thanks to Lawrence and Lanark, only five answers to this. Um, and it's a bit different. It's not a Scottish football question as such. Can you name five players that have won the Ballon d'Or the World Cup and the Champions League since 1998. Messi. Mm-hmm. I heard he's quite good. Any others, Charlie? Uh, Zidane. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. It's going to be very straightforward tonight. I think you'll absolutely squish it. 
should be absolutely fine Indeed right We've given you team news obviously From Dundee From Celtic From Fir Park as well Let's just quickly touch on the scenario at St Johnston Because it is an important night It's always a big deal when we get a managerial vacancy In the Scottish Premiership It has made a, a couple of changes Alec Cleland is the one in interim charge um, People like Ryan McGowan brought back into the team Not seen much of him um, from the beginning recently So he's in I think it was three or four changes in total um, As they get ready to take on Kilmarnock tonight um, Charlie McGrew You are a aspiring coach See when you see a vacancy like the St Johnston one Is that yeah. is that something you're interested in? What, what, do you, what do you do in that scenario? Definitely um, You just try and get your CV in there somehow And, and, and hopefully that you, you can get a chance to speak to them and, and give your ideas across and, and hopefully somebody takes a chance on you. Listen, I know that I'm not experienced, I'm not daft enough to think that I've got the experience and I've got all the answers, but I, I do have clear ideas and how I see the game. I've got a lot of experience in football without it being in a manager's role and I feel I've got a lot to give, but I do understand that there, there is candidates in there that, that will be experienced. So you, that is that what that in particular is one that would appeal to you to try yeah. and give it a go? Yeah, it definitely will. Uh, it definitely would. I feel that there's a good squad there. There's players that can be worked with. I think um, throughout my career, I've always had good relationships with players and, and, and staff. And, and I feel that knowing a couple of players, Nicky Clark, um, Andy Constein, Ryan McGowan, um, Graham Carey, who I know the time at Celtic, I feel that you could, you could get your mesh across to these players because they're good players and good professionals. Do you have... Do you feel there's been a there has been a bit of a what's the word I'm looking for a there, there have been opportunities for young coaches in, in recent times you know to, to get that that first yeah. job a lot of the appointments have come internally yeah do, do, see if some of them don't work do you feel like that goes against you now I know everybody's different yeah. but you know what it's like people just start broad yeah. brushing everybody understand and I've seen people saying recently that oh you know maybe it's maybe it's going to be back to the the, yeah. the turn of the experienced yeah. manager these sort of thoughts yeah the, these thoughts do go through your mind but I bring it back to my, my thoughts I was speaking about earlier that when they talk about old school managers and they talk about more experienced managers if these managers have had success in their careers through managing players now, when the young manager comes in, um, they bring, there's a new way of, uh, of kind of speaking about tactics and philosophies that you never heard of a few years ago. And I think if you can combine both of the, the things, where it's, it's people management and any walk of life is important, and also have a clear philosophy and a clear way of style in which you see the game, then if you can get this message across, which is a, is a challenging thing, but then I think I think that's what would make the, the ideal manager. But in, in terms of waves of managers. You do think about it. You do think, are you going to get a chance? But you've just got to believe in what you're, in what you're, you're, you're going to teach, and hopefully an opportunity comes up. The thing about St Johnston, they're bottom, but they're only four points away from Aberdeen. Five, five. Uh, so a, a couple of results in this league, positive results, will take you up to a very high place and stop people talking about you as relegation fodder so that probably has to happen quite soon doesn't it just yeah. as Dave Galloway was talking about how, how quickly things can yeah. change I, Gordon, I, think, I think I think I think when we, we, we focus a lot on results right and of course that's the, that's the way St Johnson need results there's no doubt about that but I think the, there needs to be a style of play and a clear way in which you play in and then the players can focus on that because if you start chasing results it brings an enormous amount of stress towards you and all of a sudden you maybe go 1-0 up in a game you think, oh, 
oh we need to sit back and hold on to this or you go 1-0 down you think oh, oh no we, we, we can't really score whereas if you've got a clear style and how you want to play regardless of what the score is and you focus on that then results come along the way I think um, Let's park that one for now Rangers have arrived five minutes ago I believe any update Gabriel? No as you said Gordon Rangers arrived five minutes ago still waiting for that confirmed kickoff time although with them only arriving now at half seven, uh, it looks like half eight is a more likely kickoff time. I will let you know as soon as we get that officially confirmed. Oh, sore one for the fans and oh. the journalists who need to get back to Glasgow at well, two in the morning. Um, let's bring in Graham, who's on the line. Graham, um, not ideal, I don't suppose, but um, have any impact on the game tonight for you? No, I don't think so. I think they're professional enough, aren't they? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. Well, having seen that, Watching Desers and Lammers recently, don't know. Well, you only have to watch one of them from the start tonight, of course. I, I know, I know. I'll watch the one I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, very quickly, actually, it has been confirmed now. Half past eight, Rangers have just a second confirmed it. Sorry, on you go, Graham. It's just a point to Charlie. Charlie, yes. he, as a player, yep. seeing you're going through what these two boys are going through. Who's that? Desers and Lammers. Desers and Lammers. Yes. I think it'd be kinder to take the boys out there, take them out, it's all together. It can be pleasant yeah. going to work every Saturday and go through that. I know, every I know. Every ball, man. It must be it's, horrible. It's horrible. I've been there myself um, more than more than one occasion. It's, it is really is horrible. Um, fair play to them to continue to be there and, and, and put the jersey on because they, they must be feeling low in confidence. And, and you're right, maybe maybe that is a bit of man management. You need to take them out and, and, and have a word with them and and say that I'm going to take you out for a few weeks. I remember it happened to me at Celtic when I first went back there and um, we played against uh, Braga in a Champions League qualifier at home and uh, honest to God, it could not have went any worse. I remember <laughs> I've always... Go- laughing at your misfortune. No, you can laugh now, but honestly, it was far from laughing at the time. I remember the ball was going for a throw-in for us and I tried to stop it to keep it in at the last minute. I don't know, my, my foot... <laughs> and I gave him a throw-in inside our half. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was just you just see when you're feeling that low in confidence, everything just goes against you, and it just it's, it's it's a horrible place to be. And Neil Lennon did he took me out of the team? He brought me as a Gary at a time, and he said, "Listen, we've got your back. We'll, we'll, we'll stand by you. We're just bringing you out of the team for a wee while, and you can work your way back in. And then you work your way back into training and, and get your confidence up. And then you need to be ready for the next time you come in. The next time you come in, you know you need to perform." But you're right, you're right there, Graham. Um, maybe a couple of weeks, the, the team would do them a, a world of good. Yeah, Graham. One of the changes has been made tonight. You looking forward to seeing Danilo from the start? Leon Balogun's in at the back. We've not really spoken much about that. Um, is it? Is it the team? Is there anything about this fixture that still, you know, does it worry you at all tonight? Do you think Rangers are that much better under Philippe Clement, or is there still a concern going into games like this? Still a concern, mate. The first hour against Hearts, it was out. Michael Beale performance with a different manager and it's an away game and deal be the way there's no everything's going against them getting there late I don't know it's just you just hope for the best but the performance some of the performance the other day against Hearts was just a Michael Beale performance for most of it I think for someone like Sam Lammers Hugh that if if, if Rangers fans have got any patience left it will clearly oh. be diminishing and I can I can, it doesn't always work out this way. A guy might score a hat trick tonight, and people will phone in tomorrow. Yeah. And but you can sense where Graham's coming from. This is a guy who really hasn't performed, so he's probably low in confidence. He's gone up to 
Dens Park It's pouring a rain Kick-off's delayed 45 minutes It's got all the ingredients For a tough night But again Two tins of beans I know, <laughs> I know Exactly He's But as you say that Sometimes Under these Extraordinary circumstances Strange things can happen He might be his best game In the Rangers jersey Or he might be An unqualified disaster And have to be brought off But he has not Kicked A ball Since he Signed for Rangers uh, And I laughed about it earlier on, but we do have the proverbial wet night in Dundee and you just have to rise to the occasion. But I, I, I'm wondering about the effect of all of this on the Dundee players because they were ready They've for a 7.45 yeah. kick-off and now they're, they're Three drumming their fingers in the dressing room <laughs> or whatever it is you do. That's when you just, that's just one too many. Right. I do like this from David Ashcroft. I always like it when fans have a sense of humour uh, on the news that Rangers game against Dundee has been delayed. Uh, David says, at this rate, we won't get our penalty until Thursday. Ah. There he goes. <laughs> uh, good time to take breath for us, I think. Thank you, Graham, because we'll go back around the grounds ahead of kickoff next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Fast approaching some of the kickoffs. There has been that lengthy delay at Dens Park, so we'll get to that in the near future. We're going to go back to Celtic Park in just a second. Very quickly, we're looking for five players who've won the Ballon d'Or, the World Cup, and the Champions League since 1998. Not a bad CV. Lionel Messi and Zinedine Zidane so far. So that's the level of company you need to be keeping. Iniesta? No. Javi? No. They've not won it. I bet you they came like second and third ah, probably in Ballon d'Or, but they were in the old Messi and Ronaldo era, weren't they? I reckon you've Mod- played. No, 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 no. I reckon you'll have played against two of these. Yeah, I'm trying to think you're Celtic. No, maybe you came slightly after. No, I'm just confusing things. Yeah, maybe I'm talking nonsense. Ronaldinho? Yes. Did play against them? Didn't play against no. them, but right, okay. I reckon that's who you're on. There we go. Okay, two to get. We'll try and get them before the end of the show. Let's go back to Celtic Park ahead of kickoff. What's the atmosphere like, Andrew? I generally hate that question, um, but I think it's obviously relevant given what's going on with the Green Brigade this week. Yeah, it definitely is relevant. I mean, Celtic Park isn't as busy as it normally is. That is, you know, a range of factors. It's a midweek game. It's this time of year. The weather conditions are horrible as well, but as you mentioned, there is that ban on the Green Brigade from Celtic. There are still some fans in that sort of north curve section as it's only officially registered members that have been banned. So there are some other people that do sit in that section. But, you know, the, the whole of the Green Brigade won't be here because they'll they'll obviously stand in solidarity with the ones that have been officially banned. But it is a lot more sparse than normal. You can see that there are still a few Palestine flags in there being held up by some of the fans that are in that section so it is maybe a bit of a quieter atmosphere at the moment at Celtic Park as I say there are a range of factors but the teams are just about to make their way out the tunnel so the noise will pick up a bit here as well and as we focus on the football Celtic looking to continue that unbeaten start to the Premiership campaign they'll be looking to up the tempo really from the weekend when it was a bit flat against Hibs and you know up against a a stubborn St Mirren side as well who they're always very well organised, aren't they, under Stephen Robinson. You'd expect that again tonight. And with the changes they've made as well, they were looking to utilise that pace on the counter-attack that they've got with the likes of Conor McMenamin, with the likes of Toyosi Olasanya as well. So that will be their game plan, and we'll wait and see how Celtic can handle it. Will they 
be as up for it as they were last Wednesday at the game against Atletico Madrid where they were absolutely fantastic in that game. If we take a look at the team news as the players shake hands, there are three changes for Celtic. Out go Cameron Carter-Phillips, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, sorry, uh, Nat Phillips coming in for him, Paolo Bernardo and Dyson Maida are in, uh, sorry, it's Turnbull and Forrest, of course, that are in, as well as Nat Phillips, Cameron and Carter-Vickers, Bernardo and Maida are the three that are out, just on Cameron and Carter-Vickers. It was a surprise that he isn't in the starting lineup tonight. Brendan Rodgers has been asked about that pre-match. He said it was always the plan to bring him out for this game. He's working his way back from a knee injury at the moment, and the plan was to give him a bit of rest in this game tonight, and he should be back ready for the weekend and beyond. So the starting lineup tonight, Joe Hart, in goal, Alistair Johnson, Nat Phillips, Liam Scales and Greg Taylor, the back four. Callum McGregor, David Turnbull and Matt O'Reilly are the midfield three with James Forrest and Luis Palma either side of Kyogo. As for St Mirren, they've also made three changes. Uh, Ryan Flynn is out, Keanu Bacchus is out as well. That's a big loss for them and Mikel Mandron drops to the bench as well. Despite scoring a couple of goals at the weekend, then come Ryan Strain who is a huge player for St Mirren. Week in, week out, Caelan Boyd once and Tiyosi Olasanya are in as well. So Zach Henning in goal for them. The back three, Marcus Fraser, Alex Gogic and Richard Taylor. Ryan Strain and Scott Tanzer, the two wing-backs with Caelan Boyd-Munce and Mark O'Hara. The two central midfielders, Conor McMenamin and Greg Kilty are the supporting party for Tiyosi Olasanya up top. A cheer going around Celtic Park there as the players break away from their huddle. The referee for this one at Celtic Park is John Beaton. The VAR is Nick Walsh and St Mirren have got us underway and there we are go on then you got one right you've dined out on it all week you finally <laughs> got a score prediction right you felt Celtic would be held at the weekend what are you thinking tonight? I'm thinking there'll be another two points drop drop two games in a row wow. yeah Charlie 2-0 Celtic there we go routine uh, we can get to the Rangers prediction in a little while uh, how is Aberdeen Motherwell going to uh, Motherwell Aberdeen I should say going well, to end up it's interesting Dave Galloway saying that uh, if Motherwell were to beat Aberdeen tonight and Aberdeen went out of the Via Play Cup at the semi-final stage to Hibs on Saturday evening then Barry Robson could be under pressure I don't know that you can go from what Dave described as the worst performance for many a day on Sunday at Kilmarnock to beating Motherwell at home I fancy Motherwell Motherwell kind of Struggling a bit though, Charlie. Psychologically, I'm sure a huge lift coming down, coming back from three one down with minutes to go to draw three all, um, but still a fairly long winless run at the moment. Yeah, they are. Aberdeen need a response after after their performance at Kilmarnock. So I'm going to say it'll be a draw that game. Draw in that one. Um, how much this might be lazy on my part. How much can we lump Barry Robson, Stephen Naismith in together? in the rookie manager type, at a big club type, could be doing with a win type. You're shaking your head at me. No, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that because they're two young managers. No, I, I actually mean both, mostly based on the fact that they're at big clubs and they need a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they both are big clubs and they need a win. Um, but I think you have to have to look at are both how are both teams playing, what's their style of play, are they unlucky with results? When I look at Aberdeen at the weekend, they, I mean, I they were just lumping it forward to two big strikers with absolutely no idea where to go after that, which was for me was slightly worrying. You couldn't see a you couldn't see a style, you couldn't see a, a way of playing. You touched on it earlier, Gordon. The, the concept of in-house appointments it can work. Shot over the bar there from Luis Palma, just cutting on his right. Sorry, Hugh. 
Barry Robson and Stephen A. Smith both in-house appointments, but neither pulling up any trees at the moment. And I don't think it's, you know, Harps haven't happened overnight. The last days of Robbie Nielsen were really poor and the club hasn't kicked on at all since then. Aberdeen, for their part, have only risen to the occasion once this season domestically and that was at Ibrox and it was enough to cost Michael Bealey's job. They are both toiling and we've got rid of seven managers this season already. One quarter of the Premiership have got rid of their manager uh, and the the words sugarly nail and jackets come to mind. Um, speaking of which, there's also a type of fixture that you don't get much forgiveness. Mm. Livingston coming to Tynecastle with that big expectant crowd mm-hmm. would be that, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's not the type of result that if Hearts don't win it, the fans will say, oh well, always next time that was going to be a, a tricky game. It just doesn't fall into that category. Well, Livy themselves have wobbled a bit. Uh, but I, I do appreciate why you, you, you framed the question that way. They can be a pest. And if they are a pest for Stephen Naismith tonight, then it it could set a very difficult tone about the place with the uh, cup semi-final against Rangers your next match See Hearts doing it though tonight they need to they need to get a result um, again I'm not I'm not really sure in, in, in what their style of play is and, and, and what they're, they're trying to do I watched them against Celtic and they kind of um, they get they get rolled over um, he wasn't too happy with things I've, I've heard Stephen Aces mention, mention a couple of times individual errors um, so they'll need to get a result tonight the thing about it is if if you don't have a clear way in what you're doing, even if you do get a result, then what do you do, what do, you do next game? You just go and roll the dice again? I, I don't know. I mean, I, they need a result. The, ha- the fans will be demanding a, a win tonight, so um, it's a big game for Hearts. St. Johnson have scored a grand total of three goals this season in nine games until now. Two minutes in, Alec Cleland wow. is a magician uh, and Nicky Clark has them in front against Kilmarnock. Well, cool. Nicky Clark, you know, he's scored whatever he's been uh, handyman to have. You wonder if Stephen McLean's approach to management, where on more than one occasion this season he absolutely slaughtered players, no earlier than last Saturday he accused them of chucking it. Yeah, twice in nine games was quite... Yeah. Quite... Uh, uh, What's to the be fair, if um, you go and finish your point there. No, no, I, I just think, I wonder if the players are getting a bounce from not having mm. the manager. Well... Nicky Clark's been injured that he's only first came back was at the weekend mm-hmm. and then he's back in tonight he's a big player I played with him at Dundee United he's a player that they signed and they signed and, and obviously they signed last year he's a big player that, that Steve McLean never had at his disposal so bit of a change to Rangers pre-match preparation the game has been delayed until half past eight 45 minutes later than it should have been speaking of preparation there's been a lot said about Rangers fitness and so on from yeah. Philippe Clement he's been really big on it um there's only one man in here who knows what a cryo chamber is or has ever seen one, I suspect. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on this because he, he, he's he been really specific about some of his complaints and he says, they've got this cryo chamber at, at the training ground and the players don't even use it, or few of them do, and, he, and he, he wants them to live a bit better, I think, be a bit more of a professional. Does he have a point or what, what's the script with that stuff? Well, first of all, I've got a quick story on a cryo chamber. When I was at Fleetwood, <laughs> we, uh, we had a cryo chamber and... Um, I, hadn't, I didn't have one at Blackburn surprisingly Fleetwood had one so the owner had invested in a cryo chamber um, and we I, I used it so my first game for Fleetwood I went in a, first time I'd ever been in one um, 
went in, you, you wear the Crocs, you wear the hat, hats, you wear the gloves, and I forgot to wear my socks. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I've stood up the back of the chamber because there was three or four of in it, and where the stuff comes out, obviously the stuff that, that makes it freezing, is blown right against my heels for the full three minutes. <laughs> so I woke up the next morning, I'm no joking, Gordon, uh, I couldn't walk. Couldn't put shoes on. The, the blisters stuff that might be good for you. The blisters in the back of my heels through ice burns were unbelievable. So I'm like, how am I going to phone the manager and say I've got blisters? I can't walk. So I've got a hold of the physios and I says, You're not going to believe me here. I, I told them the story and they're, they're laughing like anything. Like, You're joking. So I turned up at the game with flip flops, flip flops. Long story short, I get painkilling injection in my heels in order to get my boots on. So I get painkilling injections, got his own injections in my heels, waited for it to kick in, put my boots on, done the warm up and played the game. I'm no joking, with 10 minutes to go, you should have seen me running. Thankfully we won the game, we were quite comfortable at that point, but you should have seen me. I couldn't move my, there was blood on my socks, the, 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 it was absolutely hanging. Philippe Clement, if you're listening, get don't, the socks on. don't force your players into that cryo chamber. There's been a goal at Celtic Park already and it's for St Mirren. Connor McMenamin header you were, from you were a great Celtic cross. I didn't disagree. I'm just making Long way sure to go, that you're. Um, well, you're two nils out the window. I'll tell you that much. Ah, it's gone. Give St Mirren something to hold on to, Hugh. And I, I, I don't know if they're the team you want to give something to no. hold on to. They they came full of confidence, and they have justified their pre-match confidence. And Celtic, on a day when uh, internal warfare broke out with a vengeance regarding the Green Brigade and the club, uh, the atmosphere at Celtic now is difficult. A massive distraction has been created. And, uh, you know, Celtic struggled to score, obviously, at Easter Road at the weekend. And now they need two for the full three points. A uh, bit of a frustration for the Celtic defence. I'm sure there's been a change there, of course. It's different. It's Phillips and Scales tonight. Um, and Conor McMenamin's a tricky winger, if you like. You know, He's got in between the two centre-backs. It's a free header, so I'm sure Brendan Rodgers won't want to... Um, or certainly won't like what he's, he's witnessed there on that one. But we are almost out of time. Whatever does happen in the remainder of that game... We will look back on, of course, tomorrow. Is there a shock on the cards? Certainly, we've got one underway. And we've no idea. Oh, St. Johnson are 2-0 up on Kilmarnock after wow. seven minutes. Remarkable stuff uh, in that one. Uh, and a delayed kick-off, remember, at Dens Park. So we've got a bit of time to go there. So quickly on the teaser, two more players who've won the World Cup, the Ballon d'Or and the Champions League since 98. You've got Zidane, Ronaldinho and Messi. Um. Don't let your silence. Uh, oh. Roberto Carlos. No, but he is Brazilian. So around that era, R9. Then it was Ronaldinho who was kind of in the middle. He played with R9. Similar sounding name to Ronaldo. Change a couple of letters in the middle. Oh, God. This is like countdown. <laughs> Rivaldo. Rivaldo. Oh. And the other guy, another Brazilian. I thought you might have played against him, but I'm thinking maybe before your Celtic time. AC Milan Cafu No Midfielder Oh Kaka Kaka Thank you very much What a night we've got in store We'll look back on it all tomorrow With Gordon DL and Mark Wilson Callum Gallagher is up next